0: Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I wish I could say that it's great to be with you all, but unfortunately, you all aren't here. Um, that might sound just as a little bit of a joke, but it, I've I've actually really been feeling it lately about this that that we haven't. Been able to get together. Um, Is that better? Do I should I stand a little bit like this? (laughs) Um, It's been a really weird season, uh, and I've found that I'm I'm starting to get used to pandemic life to the point that I forget what normal church was like, and I've. Forgotten a little bit about what we do well as a church and how we how we do life together non-pandemic times um, and this and maybe other others of you are like this and um, and it's partially why we're starting this next series is we're going over um, the nature of our church we're going to be spending some time looking at. Uh, who via is uh, and what God is calling us to um, over these next few weeks. Um, we are in the season of Epiphany, and so and a thank you to everybody to, who who preached during Advent. It was um, it was really great to have so many different speakers and so many different voices up there um, up here speaking, and um, and it just speaks to our community and one of the things we do well. <laughs> Um, we have so many good uh, people who want to share what God is doing in their lives. And I hope that we can continue doing this. And um, if you are someone who um, hasn't done this yet, if you haven't been up here and shared with something that God has put on your heart, um, pray about it. See what God has to say about it. And because I mean, Jackson mentioned it last week, actually, that there is uh, about how, how good it is for him right to to do it and to come up here because there is something about that is irreplaceable the 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 pressure that comes from having to preach a sermon on sunday that i don't know why the pressure is a good thing for me but i inevitably get to friday and saturday and i'm like oh no like jesus you need to say something now Um, this is what I was saying last night to Mary and Nick as I was looking over my sermon and I was like, oh no. And, um, Jesus was just saying, trust me, I have this. And so, um, but I, but I encourage you to, we, we want a church that people pursue, um, a congregation that pursues Jesus in a way that says, I have something to offer, um, We believe that Jesus speaks to each one of us. It's not just the leaders. Um, It's not just me and Lawrence. And and I'm sure that you've seen that over Advent. Um, You saw all the people who came up here. Uh, We we have an ability to hear from God ourselves. And we as a church want to hear that. Um, But this season has been uh, a difficult one for me. And... Uh, it's, I feel like it's just getting more and more difficult. It feels like it's just dragging on, and, uh, and and I found myself wondering, is this just what our church is? Maybe we just this is just how we are. We feel you feel disconnected, and I think some churches might do okay because maybe their strength is in. Um, oh, this was supposed to be just a joke about me, and now I. I brought everybody else into this because you're all preachers. But I was maybe some people's strength is in their preaching, but you guys just have me. (laughs) Now I've looped you all in. (laughs) It's a joke about all of us. (laughs) Um, I'm hoping people on Zoom are laughing. Uh, But I, I find that... Our strength is really good at coming together in community we we do we gather well we we come together and we do community well and I think sometimes I forget that even in this season because I can't do the things that I want to do and I can't reach out the way I want to and I can't um, be the church the way we used to be and so, it, I think for a church like us, it's difficult to. It's difficult for us to remember sometimes that this is who we are, that COVID hasn't changed that, um, that there are ways still to connect, like Pete was saying, that we need to make an effort to do it. Um, and I think that is one of the things that God wants to keep doing as this pandemic comes to a close. I feel like we're starting to see. Glimmers of hope that it might be ending. Um, but it doesn't feel right to me just to hold on till that comes. That we just wait and we just say, well, it's, we're almost there. You know what? Let's just sit down, take a break, and once this is all over, then we will get back to normal. I think Jesus puts trials in our Way for a reason that there is something that we need to learn, and I really want to finish this season well. Um, it's not just about getting through it and then back to normal life, because I think if we do that, we're going to miss something that we need for the next season. That there is an opportunity, um, and it might and it might be different for for other people. For but I think we need to. I think we need to be listening to what Jesus has for us right now. We need to be listening to what he is calling us to, not just to wait for the trial to be over and then pick back life back up again. But take some time to hear from Jesus about what he has for this moment right now. What does he want to teach us? What is he trying to develop in us? What type of character is he trying to develop in us? What are yeah, what is he saying? Um, So I'm just going to give you actually a a couple seconds to just do that right now, that we just connect with Jesus and and we listen to what he's saying. I know it's weird to do this kind of at the beginning of the sermon, but that's just how this one worked. Um, And so, Jesus, we ask that you would come and that you would speak. We need your word. We need your truth. We need to know what you have for us. We're not just hanging on in this time, but we're just, but we want to take and to glean the good things that you have for us from this season. So come, Lord Jesus, and speak. So just wherever you are in your home, just listen for the voice of God. Now the recording's going to have a nice moment of silence on it. Um, But that's good. Um, I hope that we can take time in our our coming weeks to listen for his voice. Um, To listen to what he has to say to each of us individually and as a church corporately. Because, I mean, we all make up the church, right? So what he's speaking to you individually might be for us as a body. And I encourage you to reach out um to other friends um, other pastors other other people leaders in the church, if you feel like something is for us as a community, please let us know um, so for this series we are going to be looking at first Corinthians um, First Corinthians is a book written by Paul to the church in corinth and it's it's a it's a church divided um, It is a church that... And that's not saying that we are divided. I know physically we're divided right now, but we're looking at some of the things that Paul was teaching to this church in this time. Um, It seems like this is actually probably the second letter he wrote to the Corinthians. There is hints of him writing something before to them. Um, It just didn't make it into the Bible. But it was... um, Because he's saying again to them, you guys still aren't getting this. Um, And... The Corinthians have started to um, have division in their church because they've started to look more like the structures of Rome than the body of Christ. They're looking; they're starting to um, have a hierarchy within their system. So they're looking at social status more than equality in Christ. Um, the, in, in Rome, this it was it was seen um, one example of this uh, in a book I was reading recently for my New Testament foundations class that I'm starting real soon with Wanda um, we uh, but it was on it's, it's on Rome and what life was like there but they So even things like the distribution of bread, um, they would often do this at times of games and festivals that they, um, so the gladiators would be in the ring, but they would also, the emperor would be like, I wanna show the people that I care about them. And so he does this thing where he gets popular, to boost his popularity, he um, does bread distribution. And so everybody lines up at the arena and they get the bread. But the thing is, even in things like bread distribution, you line up, from the highest social status to the lowest. And so the people who are rich and wealthy and have power actually get bread first. And so they're in line and they're getting bread and so then the poor people, the people that actually need it don't get it often because it's gone by the time they get up there. And, the, and this is just the structure of how Rome works and the city of Corinth or the sorry the church in Corinth is bringing this practice into into their coming together as the church and into when they come to the table for communion in some ways because when Paul's speaking later on in this book um, he's saying why why are you some of you getting drunk while others have none at the table of the Lord Um, he's like why don't you eat at home first And and the reason this happened was because the rich people the people with status they don't work very much in the day and so They'll work like an hour or two, and then so by, by noon, they're done work, and then they're going to start the love feast, or coming to the table, or coming to communion. Um, and for them, it was a big a big meal at that time, that they all, the whole body of Christ would come together and have this meal. Um, but what would happen then is that people who were rich would eat and drink, and then when the poor laborers came, it would all be gone. And so they're like, oh, how can this be that you guys are eating and drinking and, and then leaving none for those who actually need the food? Um, and so this is the church that Paul is writing to um, in 1 Corinthians, just to give you a little bit of a background on that. So for our passage today, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 1. Um, and just keep that in mind, because I feel like as you read this passage, you can tell that Paul is setting this up. He is, he's not getting to that point yet, but you can feel him talking about unity, talking about we are all equals in Christ. And we're not boasting on which side we're a part of, but he's really pushing that unity in Christ. So I'm going to start in verse 10. Um, I can't remember what I put on the slides, but um, I'm going to start in verse 10. This is, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? this is interesting because Paul is actually saying, goes on later right after this to say, I actually didn't baptize any of you. I came to preach the gospel. Um, In some ways it seems like he he doesn't minimize baptism because he talks about it as as a good thing later on, but he was to preach the gospel. And he's like, I'm pointing you to Christ. And it seems like intentionally did not baptize people because he didn't want them to think that he was baptizing them into himself. And he's saying people are still, though, taking his teaching, or taking Apollos' teaching, or taking Peter's teaching. Um, we're going to skip a little bit and then go down to verse 20. Uh, did I put verse 20? Can I see that up there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards, nor many were nor many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. I love that last line because I feel it just sums it all up. Let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. That we are to be one in Christ Jesus. That is not necessarily a teaching we follow or some obscure belief that we believe, but it is centered around Christ Jesus. Not in our social status, not in our social standing, but in Christ So you see Paul, as you read that, you see him setting up that unity of where this whole ch- this whole book is going. I think what's important to remember here is that as a church, if we lose Christ, we don't just lose one part of it, we lose everything. That Christ is everything. As Ashley's saying this morning, he's the cornerstone. He is the center of all that we do. If we miss this as a church, if we lose that, then we're just doing something that doesn't even make sense at all. Why are we even coming to church? Why are we doing this thing if Jesus is not part of it? Um, I remember when I first came to Via. I don't know if some of you know my story. I know there's, I came from the prairie, so it might seem like I knew Via before I came here, but that's not true. <laughs> I I grew up in in Winnipeg and in a a Mennonite church, like very similar to a lot of people in Via. But um, Via Comox Valley is the first um, experience of Via Apostolica for me. Um, And I remember walking in through the doors of this building, and this is five years ago now. Um, and thinking, this is, this is kind of weird. I saw Chad was our minister at the time. Um, and, so, and he was, yeah, weird. <laughs> 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 um, but he's, he's wearing a collar. Um, we all come and drink from one cup at the end of the service. But I couldn't shake this thing that I felt Jesus there. I, in a way that I hadn't experienced before, a, in a church in Canada, I. So I, I'd been on other journeys with God. I'd been in missions before, and I'd felt Him there, and I'd felt Him, and I'd felt Him on mountaintops. And I remember thinking the same God, the same Jesus that I felt there in missions on the mountaintops, and that I played with in the waves in Mexico that is the Jesus that I feel here. Mm-hmm. And it. in some ways it shocked me. I, I was I was at a stage in my journey where I had come back home um, from missions being really close to God, what I felt was really close to God, and then just really got tired of church. Like really didn't even want to be a part of it. I was fairly jaded, fairly um... It just didn't feel like it had any life for me at all, and so and and to say so at that point to say that I was going to be um, staff at a church and be part of pastoring a church again would would have been crazy to me. Um, I but 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 I knew Jesus and I loved Jesus and I and I there was something that I wanted um, and. I, 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 but I hadn't been a part of something here in Canada. I felt like I was supposed to be here. I felt like God called us to the island. And then we came to this church, and I was like, oh. Well, they do all these weird things with sacraments, but I can't shake that Jesus is here. Um, I hope that we never lose that as a church. That That we would be a body that comes and we feel jesus when we walk in the door through the holy spirit that when we come and we hear preaching from the word that god would come and speak to us through our pastors and through our preachers and whoever comes up here and speaks that god himself embodied in christ would be present um well the holy spirit would be present and it would be working through us and you'd feel him as someone speaks. And then in the sacraments, which I have come to love and really enjoy, um, that we would feel and experience Jesus as we come to the table. That it wouldn't be just some religious ritual that we do, but it would be always centered around the person of Jesus Christ. That it would he would be the focus, the center for everything. So, Through this season, where does Jesus want to meet you? I've made you guys stop and think and connect with Jesus for a second, and I think that's important for us to do consistently. I want to be a church where our people are connected to the person of Jesus, that there is focus on him, and that when we come on a Sunday morning, that there could be someone... Like come in and say, you know what, I heard from Jesus. This is what this is what he's saying right now. Not that we're going to change everything whenever someone says that, but we do want to hear from you. We want you to be listening. We want you to be attentive and listening to what Jesus is saying. Because he is our center point. He is the one that connects us all. He is, we can have different views on things. We can have, come from different backgrounds. But he has to be the center point. He has to be the thing that we connect on. So What is he saying? What is he doing in in your life right now? Um, As we come to the table, as we move on and um, start this liturgy together as one body of Christ, listen for his spirit. Maybe you haven't heard it for a little while or it's been a weird pandemic season and you've kind of forgotten what the voice of God sounds like. Just take a minute and just hear him again. What is his heart for you? What is he speaking? Let us move to the table and let him speak.